Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. everybody welcome in to episode number 436 of underground sports philadelphia it's matt and kb coming at you from underground studios the fills are hot the fills are hot we're gonna dive into all that and a whole lot more plus uh you know survivor might be over but we got a few survivor contestants competing in the i don't know if it's the first or the uh the latest season of the challenge usa coming to cbs this summer uh so we'll talk about that and figure out which one we think is going to potentially succeed at the challenge uh but before we get started make sure you're following us on the socials at underground phi on twitter and instagram follow matt on twitter at matt castorina follow me at kbizzl311 check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com Stephen mcavoy just posted a blog about the new uh live golf tour whatever it may be uh, which is basically like the equivalent of what that Super League for soccer was going to be like. Um, so go check that out if you're interested in uh, kind of getting a crash course on all that. And, of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Hit the like button, click the bell icon, and comment down below with how you're feeling about the Phillies, all that good stuff. Uh, But make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel for full video episodes of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, summertime is here. Head over to TomahawkShades.com, get your favorite styles of sunglasses, your blue light plus glasses, and everything in between at TomahawkShades.com, and use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, all new and improved cans, now available, uh, KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know. As are the Phillies, as Joe Girardi is no longer here since the last time you and I recorded an episode. Uh, Joe Girardi fired, and it seems like that's what the Phillies, exactly just what they needed. Shades of that uh, Charlie Manuel yeah. appoint- appointment a few years ago. Um, shocking firing, I should say, too. Not Did not see that coming. No. I, it really felt like his, his contract was ending this uh, offseason that, no matter what, they're just going to ride him out. But um, I can say this. It's a show of ambition from the Phillies, which is good. <laughs> like, that's what you want to see your team's doing. This team is clearly languishing. And um, there's really not anything in Girardi's tenure that pointed to, like, some tangible hint of success looming. Um, 
it seemed like this team has sort of run its course with him. They made tons of additions, uh, and you know they they can't say that they didn't spend at least a significant chunk of money again this offseason. season. Uh, maybe in not the best areas, but um, he has a good roster to work with, and this team is definitely underperforming where they were. And now we're just living in Rob Thompson's world, uh, and that's a fantastic. I thought it was hilarious that he gets fired and we play the Angels, but Joe Madden, who's like a similar t- like type of yes. character as Girardi, right? Um, and, like, that series, like it, the Angels and the Phillies have, like, a kindred spirit in a way, in that, like, both of them yeah. have kind of had the same issues pretty much forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in that, like, the Angels, especially recently, have spent the money. They've, yeah. got a, they've got the guys, and it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. It does remind me a lot of the Phillies. So I did think it was hilarious that that is who are, like, bounce-back series is against – and we like punish them with their like eleven straight uh, losses, and Mike Trout doesn't get a hit in his homecoming series. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> which was crazy for sure. But uh, there's only other one other team I think we could have had a chaos series like that against, and, and it was the Angels. Yeah, and oddly enough, I I forget if I, we brought this up going into uh, the weekend, but going into that series against the Angels, the Phillies all time were one in twelve against the Angels, and their only win was the first time the two teams had ever played, which was June 9th, 2003. (laughs) Every other time the Phillies had lost. And then you go in, you get that first win, the first win at Citizens Bank Park against the Angels, and then you sweep them to kind of catapult into what has been the Rob Thompson era. And who knew? Playing the young guys actually works. Bryson Stott has now hit two home runs in you know a weekend span uh matt veerling hits a game-winning home run last night <laughs> against the brewers uh, did you see what ruben amaro said i mean he's like is that one of the best home runs of your career he's like well i only have three so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well there's a apparent i don't know what uh company it is so no free ads but matt veerling is in like a car commercial or something he's like i know a thing or two about game-winning hits <laughs> so everyone was tweeting that last night which was great uh hilarious. alec bohm last night snaps his hitless streak with a, a tying home run and also shouldn't be overstated that we did this against a reliever who has not given up a regular season hit <laughs> since last year in july <laughs> The Phillies are so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. I did see a tweet. We we went against the Mariano Rivera of the regular season. Yeah. And we're like, ah. <laughs> no big. The guy who can't hit power in Alec Bohm and Matt Veerling, who is like very obviously the platoon guy of this team. Destroy this man. Absolutely absurd. Um, I did see a tweet from... Uh... The good pal at Panasonic DX4500 on the Twitter machine last night. Uh, once I believe Bohm hit the home run off of uh, off of Hater. <laughs> he quote tweeted NBC Sports Philadelphia's tweet said the Phillies are committing violence against the white power guy. They really are a change team. <laughs> yeah, everyone's kind of forgotten that about him too. Uh, yeah, which is uh, lucky for him, I guess. <laughs> But um, I, I think it nothing more perfectly encapsulates what the Phillies have been in recent history than firing your manager, sweeping a good Angels team, 
Now they'd been struggling coming into that series, but still, it's a good team. Mm-hmm. And then ripping off a a stupid win against that's a, a very... game they lose with Girardi at the helm. I think they probably lose three out of the last four with Girardi mm-hmm. still. Like, and listen, some of it is just like some variance. I think some things went their way in the Angel series that hadn't been going yeah. for them so much this season. Um, and this has been a team that has not been like opportunistic in ways. Like they just have not seized the chance at times and you will see how the rest of this Brewers series go. But we've talked about too, like they've had a hard ass schedule. Yeah. Um, and they've obviously like put themselves in a bit of a, a tough situation, you know, in, in this part of the season as, as you roll into June now, but, um, the schedule does lighten up a little bit. Uh, especially if you look at like the second half of the season, like, yeah, they've put themselves in a bad spot, but like, this is what the Phillies do yes. is they, they reel you back in. You have this like awesome weekend, great comeback, Bryce Harper, grand slam, walk off home runs, walk off like everything. And you're gonna like convince yourself now that like Thompson's the guy. This is the this is the story now. He's the NL manager of the year. Right. Uh which I mean, listen, when the Phillies win a World Series, he will be. But uh I just I know, I know that in two weeks. I know that in two we'll weeks. We'll lose four out of five to the Nationals. Know in two weeks we're gonna be so frustrated with this team, and that's what sucks is you can't actually enjoy the moment with this mm-hmm. team. You enjoy it for like the hour after the game. You can watch the replay as much as you want of the home runs and the grand slams, but there's like a the deep within me, not even deep within me, on the surface, I know this team in two weeks is gonna be deeply frustrating. It was literally last week. Yeah, <laughs> last week <laughs> there's nothing good to be said about this baseball team. So it was insane. Uh Obviously, Friday night, I had gone to the game with DJ with him in town first time at Citizens Bank Park, and I said, if I would have known Girardi would have gotten fired and the offense would have come to life with you here, I would have flown you out in March. (laughs) Um, I mean, talking about things not going their way, like the bats are starting to come alive, and like we've said it time and time again, especially this year more so than 2021 or 2020 or even 2019, like the, the run differential kind of spoke for what type of team this Philly squad was where they were, you know, hovering around 500, but their run differential was so bad this year. It's been positive for most of the year. And it's like, we're just waiting for that moment where the bats are going to come to life. And if it continues to be that way, and I don't know if it was just these guys hated playing for Joe Girardi so much or what it is, but if the bats continue to hit the way they've been hitting, obviously We've said time and time again, too, you're going to have those games where you got to win it 3-2 to two if you want to be competitive, and they did that last night. But they absolutely massacred the Angels. Yeah, that was... Um, I, that was they out-hit a team for the first time all year. Which is stunning uh, that you're in June, and that's, <laughs> that's when like, you're finally... That's the first time that. since, like, the Oakland series opening weekend that they actually outslugged a team and... Well, what was the the text I sent you of the the tweet? Because oh. uh, this was great. This really encapsulates it here. This is from uh, uh, Leo uh, Morgenstern. The Phillies have won more games against teams from LA seven than teams from the NL East six. Uh, stats still true. So that's insane. That's the dumbest thing to me that we're in June and you can say that. If, if you bring that up to the state of California, that's like half the Phillies wins right there. Yes. <laughs> Because you had California, and that's two wins against the A's. Uh, what, one or two against the one Giants? Against one against the Giants. Yeah, there you go. That's There's three more. 
That is almost half your wins against just the state of California. They just love the West Coast. Yeah. Um, it's like a Supreme Court case. like <laughs> <laughs> The Phillies versus California. The, uh, the Rob Thompson thing, like, I get he's been, he was here before Girardi and, like, it, it would just, it was just like, wow, like, they're really hiring Girardi's right-hand man to replace him. Um, but did you hear the rumor that allegedly, and Dombrowski kind of, like, refuted it, but Jim Leland was in the running to be the Phillies manager? Why? Like, when they fired, uh, Kapler and... That to me is just why can we not let these old guys just enjoy retirement? It's a sick obsession <laughs> with this Phillies team. It's the Phillies and the Flyers that are like obsessed with this idea of, of retreads, like, retreads, and like this like weird fraternity of like once you are in, you are in for life, and you will be called back to service. You know, should the opportunity present itself, um, and you'll always have a job here too. Like. Literally name it. We'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year to just like eat popcorn. Yep. You know, like we'll do that. Um, I what? <laughs> Bizarre. I I wonder where they go now because obviously like Thompson is not. I he's not the long term answer for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is going to be interesting to see where they they transition from here in terms of uh, hiring because mid season you're not really picking up anyone i don't know like who's really out there that's just like yearning to to pick it like you're probably probably gonna have to wait to the offseason to get someone like for a long-term hire but um because i who are even like interviewing mid-season that their team is going to allow them to like leave mid-season like an assistant yeah. somewhere or something or like a lower guy like Ricker britney garoli from the athletic put out a great like kind of breakdown i'd love to have her on this show um with kind of breaking down options mm-hmm. and I hate every single one of them. And I'd rather have Rob Thompson be the manager next year than any of these guys. So these are the done it before that she uh, listed. And this was before uh, this guy got fired. Joe Madden <laughs> said, yes, Madden has a job. Not anymore. You know, it's hilarious. Nothing wrong, but oh no. Yeah. You remember Joe Madden earlier this year, got a ton of heat for walking with bases loaded. And he's like, well, that's just, and like statistically, even Barry Bonds at his very prime, you still shouldn't walk with it. Like you just let him play it out. It's actually hilarious though, because I think that Bryce Harper grand slam, he probably could have been forgiven. Like that was actually the moment where maybe he should have tried that. Yeah. Cause he did that early in the season and his motive God bless his old brain was that it was going to like invigorate the team. And it kind of did. And you would think in a, a series where you got blown out, you're the verge of, you're the verge of like crap cracking and crumbling on this like l- massive losing streak. You're going to blow this game. That would actually be the time yeah. to be like, well, let's see what you guys are made of then. Three, I'm going to walk this guy. Two outs. The amount of Angels fans that quote tweeted our, our clip of Harper's grand slam was like, this is just pathetic at it's, this point. You know what? I feel bad for the Angels fans, too. Because like I said, we're I right feel there like with we're you. kindred spirits. I, we I are get the, it. the fist me. I, I get it. I get it. The uh, preseason hopes. All of it. The superstars. All of it. Uh, she talks about Joe Madden there. Uh, and then the guy that Joe Madden effectively replaced, Mike Sosha. Please, God, no. Um he hasn't managed since 2018, and I I just don't need Mike Sosha being the manager of this team. 
uh, Dombrowski link, Brad Osmus, who has had like little to no success as a major league manager with Detroit and with the Angels. Um, he's currently the Oakland A's bench coach. Um, and then goes first timers, Joe Espada, who is the Angels bench or the Astros bench coach. Um, Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, pulling from the Astros. That's my listen. My theory is like, what are the smart teams doing? Who are they employing? Hire them. That's so you know, fits. Uh, she says that he was a finalist for the Mets job this offseason. Uh, who was interviewed for numerous vacant managerial positions. A spot is the glue that holds the Astros together. An organization he's been with since 2018. Ryan Flaherty, the Padres' quality control coach, uh, who is well uh, thought of, up-and-comer, who was Show Walter's top choice for bench coach this winter until San Diego declined to let him interview. He's 35 years old. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a former player and analytical savvy to the current uh, Rays manager, Kevin Cash. So, again. The only thing that worries me about with, like, a younger manager is, like, the Phillies getting Gabe Calper when they did made sense because yeah. the team was still like building a foundation and like nucleus. Like that team wasn't fully formed yet. So you can have a manager that can also grow with the team. I don't know that the, the Phillies aren't necessarily in like, not that a young manager can't come in and make an impact like a younger manager, like less experienced can, mm-hmm. but like where the Phillies want to be aiming. I don't know that this is like, the job for a first time candidate it could be right. but i think that would be it has to be the right it like yes you ha- that's a, that is like a a smaller eye of the needle to thread than someone with some experience but experience comes with obviously caveats too like it's not like there's there's no perfect candidate out there mm-hmm. uh, pros and cons to either side but that is the one thing that I, I would that would give me pause about any uh any like new new manager and then the other one that has a write-up which would put the brains of every WIP and Fanatic caller into knots is Matt Quattraro. Um, he was a finalist for the Mets job as well. He's the Rays bench coach uh, who got there in 2018 after being on Terry Francona's staff in Cleveland. Um, he doesn't have any ties to Dombrowski, but he does have ties to uh, Sam Fold being a former Tampa Bay Rays player and everything like that. She also mentions... Will Venable and Ramon Vasquez from the Red Sox, uh, who Vasquez was with uh, with Dombrowski in Boston. Tigers bench coach George Lombard and Blue Jays bench coach John Schneider. And then she goes on to list Rob Thompson, Kevin Long, Bobby Dickerson, and Dusty Wathen as internal candidates from the Phillies. We'll see. We'll see where they end up. I. It feels like it, it maybe internal candidate gets it to see out the year. 
and then the offseason is what because again no one is allowing especially for any of those like new first hires right mm -hmm. i don't think anyone is allowing any bench coach any analysis coach to be picked off in the right. middle of the season um, i think those are all contenders as well yeah. like no i you know it's just hard to see um so Thompson might see out the year, maybe so. I, That's my thought. Who knows? Um, but it's a strange spot to be in, though, because, <laughs> and this is part of the reason I didn't think they would fire him, is because how often is a team that's contending firing managers? Like, that's just not, normally if you're firing someone that, I mean, this bear saying, normally if you're firing someone, it's because things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, like, but this team expects that they will be improving right and that they should be in the playoffs but it's it's so different than many other sports because like the season is so long but there's not there's no clear pool of candidates to be picking from here and if you pick the wrong one you're just you're literally in the same position you were just in with Girardi you know what what point was there then of even firing him um so yeah I <laughs> it's hard for me to see this team that should be um you know again a lot better than they are this season it's just it's a bizarre thing that's why i didn't expect it to happen yeah first manager fired too this year so if anybody placed a bet on that well done. i bet i bet that gave good odds oh yeah um two managers so far with girardi and joe madden both fired now um but i mean phillies are on a five game win streak longest win streak of the season which is remember when we didn't see them win five games in a row for like a <laughs> decade last year <laughs> remember when that <laughs> happened We'll see if they can make it six. Hey, according to baseball reference, they got a 32.3% chance to make the postseason and a 0.4% chance to win the World Series. So so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, one and three. One and three. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. You you bat one and three. You're good. You're you're sought after in you're free agency. You're good agency. for life. Um, you know, Noel on the mound tonight, which will be – Interesting to see if he gets any run support. Um, but if you can beat up on a Brewers team, you know, win two out of three, I think that's what everybody is expecting from this series is go in and take two out of three on the road against the Brewers. And then as wild as it sounds, like you have the Diamondbacks and the Marlins at home this weekend and then going into early next week. And that is where – That's where the traps – If you're asking me where the hurdle is, it's right there. It's <laughs> Well, it's also extended because you have a five-game road trip in Washington. I'm telling you right now, if we do not win four out of five against the Nationals, travesty. And Absolute quite honestly – And that's like the bare minimum. Like, you can drop a game to the Nationals. Like, especially since one is like a doubleheader day. But I'm telling you – Four out of five against the Nationals, Needs or, it's, or it's an issue. Or, and or we're like, convoying. <laughs> we are. Like, you need to sweep the Diamondbacks, too. Diamondbacks are, like, one of those good, bad teams. Like, they're clearly not a very talented team, but they're also not, like, they've not folded as an institution mm -hmm. yet, right? Like, I think the Diamondbacks, if you're playing them in, like, mid-August, is different than mid-June, yeah. I think. Same amount of wins as the Phillies this year. Right. Like, they're, like... They're not a good team, and they like they're going to fall away. But you are catching them at a time where they're still like competitive. Yeah, I like that it is at home though. Um, and then luckily the Marlins series is at home and not in Miami, where we are just horrendous. Uh, but it's a long ass road trip too. Once that the first Washington game kicks off, five games in Washington, off day on the twentieth, 
two games down in Texas against the Rangers, and then four in San Diego against the Padres. And that Padres series, by the way, is also crucial. Could have like massive implications when he gets the wild card. So, uh, and it's massive for you know our Supreme Court case of Philadelphia y- Phillies. Yes, like that the is, state of California. Hopefully, hopefully that is not. Hopefully, we don't get like just one win from that series, and that still amounts to like half of our wins. You know. Yes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we uh, they have a lot of ground to make up uh, there, but because the Phillies right now they're three and a half games out of the final wild card spot. Uh, which is held by the San Francisco Giants, which is why that series, you know, dropping two out of three sucked so bad. Um, but they still have a plus 19 run differential, which I think is just showing you that their offense still hasn't really sputtered as much as we we think it has. Um, and they've been hitting. And, you know, once, as Charlie Manuel once said, once the weather gets warm, it's hitting season. It's true. And, uh, you just got to take care of business the rest of this month because, like we said, Milwaukee the next two days, including tonight, Arizona, Miami, Washington, Texas, San Diego, and then arguably, as we've said multiple times this year, most important series of the season, three at home against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, that's, you know, the the, the key now is, like, like the division is, is really not there for the mm-hmm. Phillies. It is about it's wild, one card. of those wild it's, cards. It's about beating out the Braves for second because that, obviously gives you a better shot at the wild card um those are the key games now i think i I read that the phillies have by uh by like win loss uh whatever they have the one of the top five easiest schedules remaining um which horrifies me because that's not the first time there before yes we've heard that a lot from the phillies um i remember when they had to win one one game (laughs) one out of eight (laughs) to uh to make the playoffs two out of ten to make it and they couldn't so um i'm not sure that this is the team that i want having the odds in their favor i think actually odds stacked against them works better for this phillies team but um that is a good thing you know the, hopefully this the schedule you're seeing lightens up a little bit like you're not i gotta tell you may sucked yes may was a <laughs> may was bad. may was a cruel month uh to us i'll say that much but yeah no Mets series looming, which is nice. Good to not play those losers again for a long time. Um, and goddamn, I can't wait to play the Nationals. It's insane that we're going to be almost, you know, July. <laughs> and we're just now playing the Nationals. That's and you're playing a playoff series against that, them effectively. That's like crazy to me. I just, I can't believe that. And then you get three uh, against the Nationals at How home. How do we not have like a, th- a two-game series? Yeah. A home and home, like... How how are we just now? Not even just now. In like a week and a half, playing the Nationals for the t- that that's a travesty. I can't believe that. I feel like because there's a doubleheader in here, I feel like that was supposed to be the first series of the season. Yeah, it was, and um, then it got pushed it got because of the lockout. But um, still, still crazy. That was a that's a long layoff from you know opening series to although for playoff implications, I don't hate it as much because right. you get them much later in the season um where you're getting you know three against them in july four in in uh in august and then three in september yeah the uh, the patrick corbin series it's gonna be great um just keep hitting that's that's all this team yeah. has to do because it they proved it in that angel series that they can out hit teams and for whatever reason this year, they're a second-half team, you know, from the sixth inning on. They produce runs, and 
try to come back and who knew letting the kids play actually works who knew who just knew? sucks that nick maton is out now with that injury after uh making a miraculous catch on friday night it is the way of philly's young players no if there's like three or four of them one of them has to be injured at a time like they once one starts to return from injury or back to the lineup or whatever someone has to go down with injury that's we'll say that we've works. given him shit this season dd looked pretty spry running those bases last night okay you know what fair enough but you know what also <laughs> outside of that but you know who's up now matt because nick maton is out rising from the depths of the dead scott kingry is back unbelievable i mean you talk about a guy that's it you want to talk about the <laughs> lowest of lows man what a long beautiful journey it's been for scott king right when we like tied him up to like a 17 year deal still before on he... it <laughs> it's like thanks. a seven year contract thanks clint Deck. thanks for that one <laughs> luckily it wasn't you know 100 million dollars yeah i mean it was like a team friendly deal 26 million for so so like just like an obscenely like not heard of deal it's like why are we doing this the whole point of this sport, the whole point of arbitration and all this is that the teams get to screw over the players and pay them significantly less than they're worth. And the Phillies have routinely been like, oh, we don't like that, actually. Yeah. We're, we're kind of, we gave you a lot of money. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf, releasing weekly a part of the underground sports, Philadelphia family of podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Like a lot, a lot. Some might call it a stupid amount of money. <laughs> Who knew? Um, I mean, just keep winning. Like, that that's what's gonna keep yeah we'll talk to you in a few weeks yeah you know next week <laughs> see what happens once we once we uh loses to the brewers have a terrible diamondback series we'll talk to you we'll see where we're at get swept by the marlins that is the peaks and valleys on which we roam uh we haven't talked about it on this show but i just wanted to bring it up even though it is a little bit of an older story did you see the jock peterson tommy fam thing um, I've seen the headlines. I didn't get in the weeds on uh, what the uh, what it was the, about fantasy football. I knew, yeah, I knew it was a fantasy football dispute. Um, Tommy Mike Trout was involved too. I guess he's they in, asked like, he's him like, about it. He was like an arbiter on the uh, yeah. on the deal. Um, give me the give me the the deets. Basically, Tommy Pham punched Jock Peterson. Right, I knew it had escalated. Um, and Jock Peterson had during one of the weeks of their fantasy football season, put a player who was out that week on his IR spot, which 99% of people do. So right. you can go get another player that's playing that week. And Tommy Pham felt like that was disrespectful and was messing with his money. And I guess this fantasy football league is very high stakes, very high money involved, being that they are professional athletes. Um, and it escalated from effectively jack peterson going and picking up a player off the waiver wire jesus um i mean listen if this if we're 
continuing with the Supreme Court angle, uh, I you know we could cite pr- plenty of uh, of rote law about why <laughs> it's okay to put a player on the IR. That's why the IR exists. Exactly. So not sure what the it's called uh, strategy, Tommy Fam. Yeah, Tommy Fam has been involved in a number of internet stories that it's just that's what he's more known for than football. Yeah. Like he was in, obviously involved in the the viral Blake Snell clip uh, when he got traded. Uh, when Blake Snell's like, we traded Fam for Renfro and a slapdick prospect. <laughs> the the amount of times Tommy Fam is mentioned for things outside of baseball is very very funny to me. Well, good for Tommy Fam. I bet he took it like a champ too. So, um, I think the the way that people talk about fantasy football and it's like i saw a tweet too it was like this is the very first time anybody's ever cared about you talking about your fantasy football team those are the times where we want to hear your fantasy yes football we team want to stories. hear all the dirt when it escalates into physical violence yes. that's when i'm interested i'm not interested in hearing you tell me about how you almost picked derrick henry last year or yes. whatever like i i don't care or how you had cooper cup last last year but this year and i always pick cooper cup just where i pick I I went with I went with I went with Robert Woods, but I thought I don't care. Now when you tell me, yeah, my stepbrother stabbed my uncle over <laughs> over a trade request in fantasy football, now I'm interested. Now I'm very interested. I <laughs> we pay our fantasy football league dues with heroin. I want to hear that story. That's that's the story I want to hear. I don't want to hear about how uh, your crazy aunt who picks the kicker in the first round won their your league again. I don't yes. care about that. Not interested. Uh, Quinn Snyder, relieved Psycho. of uh, his duties, basically parting ways with the Utah Jazz. Um, Doc Rivers, you are you are now a Utah Jazz. Um, <laughs> I uh, the the Jazz are talk about a shaky foundation right now that's that's a tough look a lot of go bear noise drafts coming up you know so that's that's obviously a popular time a lot of rumors with the sixers once again it is the same as i said about ben simmons last year here's my advice to the jazz peoples if there's not a trade done by draft night you can expect the prospects of that person being traded to be like halved if it doesn't happen draft night it's like oh it's a little worrying because uh, draft night's the 23rd for agency starts July 1st There's a, and once for agency starts and people start eating up their cap space uh, teams and executives fall in love with the signings that they made like we've built this amazing roster we're going to be great and then they're, they're 31 and 50 like that's the way it works um, once it once draft night passes and you have that made a deal that's when you're worried about yeah. whether or not how this is shaping up because it was the same with Ben Simmons last year once once we got past draft night I was like uh and you get afraid, like, this isn't happening right. for a while, is it? Um, Where the previous year we made two deals leading into draft night and on draft night, and it was like, wow, this is great. Draft night's been a weird night for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have but mixed. To say the least. <laughs> mixed times on draft night. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think the Jazz, I, it's clearly trending towards, uh, towards a, a bust up here. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see it any other way. We will take Donovan Mitchell off your hands. Take Donovan Mitchell on this team. Yeah, I've yeah I started this week getting more into the the draft guys. Uh, there's there's a Matt guy being selected as we speak um, within go. within the subconscious of my brain. Um, I'm absorbing all of the uh, draft knowledge that I can, 
and watching as many highlights as I can. And we will have our guy. We will have our guy. You're on you're on Vecna mode. I'm on Vecna mode. I'm plugged in in an attic somewhere. That's that's where I am. No spiders for me though. I don't uh, know what the alternative is, but I I'm not well, about it's, that it's, life. It's spite. It's not even mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean the the draft's going to be interesting and hopefully the Warriors pull through in the finals. I got to say have not been able to watch a single finals Me game. Either. You know why? Because they're not at nine goddamn o'clock. I said the same thing. I mean, what do we do? Listen, I know. I get you're compensating for the West Coast, but also like half the series is played on the East Coast. Yeah, and maybe. And tonight, I think it's still nine, even though it's in Boston. It's either eight yeah, thirty or nine. Nine which o'clock. Is, there's practically no difference between eight thirty and nine. By the way, yeah, it's a half hour. And I mean, come on, more than fifty percent of the population in this country lives on the East Coast. Like. You can't, and you can't give me a Saturday. Like, why is there not a Saturday night game? I can do like a Saturday I, at seven thirty, eight o'clock. I can't be up till midnight on a weeknight. No. I just can't do it. How am I? How am I expected to do that? That's it's just criminal. Um, everybody losing their minds too over Draymond Green doing Draymond Green things just had me laughing my ass. So off. people don't learn. Um. I, I just need the Celtics to lose. I can't do – I have way too many people I'm connected to with Boston fandoms, and I need them in shambles when the Warriors win and beat their beloved Boston Celtics. And I can't stand to see Al Horford get a trophy. I can't see Al Horford getting a ring. It just can't happen. No, thank you. Just make it – just let it be done. Steve Kerr, come through. Come on, Steve. Let's make this happen. Come on, Steve. You know, do what's right. Do the right thing here. And I just, I got to say it. The Jason Tatum, Kobe shit is just oh getting weird God. every day. It's so weird. It's get, it's getting a little exhausting. Oh, my we God. We get it. He wasn't even wearing the same fucking shirt. <laughs> like, we get it. We get it. Okay? I get that this is deeply personal for you. That's fine. It's like those tweets where it's like, everything I'm learning about Jason Tatum's relationship with Kobe has been against my will. It yes. is like, I, I didn't ask <laughs> to be trauma dumped with all of this. I didn't ask for every time I opened Twitter to see a tweet about Jason Tatum messaging Kobe. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's just a weird, it gives a weird feeling to me. Um, I can't stand to see Boston win the championship. No. That would be... It'd be hard to come back from. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Um, Golden State wins though, and it's like, wow, I'm like great. witnessing history. One of the best teams ever. Um, Sixers will never be in this spot, will they? <laughs> you know who I do enjoy watching play basketball though. When I watch the highlights, Jordan Poole is a very fun basketball player. Jordan Poole is a very fun basketball player. He's had a great season. Um, who you pick up? Go to playpickup.com. You can play all the NBA Finals headlines over there. Rack up points on your fan profiles. Cash them in for prizes. Uh, Matt, for game three, who do you who do you got winning at these midnight tip-offs? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I'm going to go Golden State. They showed a lot in that second game. Again, wasn't able to watch it live. Yeah. Thank you, uh, the media conglomerates. Big media. Thanks, Dave. Big, big sports media not allowing the East Coasters to participate in live viewing. Um, I feel like Golden State is is probably the better team in this series. Um, I still think Steph Curry, every time he steps on the floor, is probably the best player on the floor. Um, 
I think uh, I think they figured some things out in game two, and I would love nothing more than to see them take a two one series lead. But that's me wish casting, especially since they're in Boston tonight. Be nice. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing all this stuff about like Boston crowd. And it's like, come on, it's good. It's a good crowd, it's not, but it's not elite. I think I think people. In general, give a lot more credence to crowds than they should. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's very obviously like home court advantage is a thing, but I think people kind of upsell the idea of how hard it is. Like it's definitely challenging. There's a reason it exists, but I think people upsell it sometimes. Yes, every fan thinks that their team has the best home court advantage too, which is just and these things you know like the finals, you're getting like. Dudes who are just there to mm-hmm. take their like tech bros and their CEO friends and their lawyer friends and their snotty kids like you're not getting you're not getting Actual real fans. fans yeah these tickets are like eight hundred dollars a yeah. piece to get in the door you're not you're you're not they're not sending their meanest and cruelest and loudest yeah uh so go to playpickup.com start playing those NBA finals headlines in every sport across the board uh, at playpickup.com. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. this up on the last episode that i recorded the other day matt i didn't know if you had seen it uh did you see deshaun jackson on the i am athlete podcast talking about don mcnab uh-oh i have not um this story it's just living rent free in my head because i think it's fascinating um basically when deshaun jackson was voted to the uh the pro bowl this was i think 2010 as the first player ever to be a starter at two positions, uh, McNabb told Michael Vick when they were on the same team that he didn't think Deshaun Jackson deserved that, like, being the first. Um, and LaShawn McCoy is in the room here, too. Year when Michael Vick came in, and he was about to replace him. He was a Wildcat, but the year after that. 
shit stories. Watch this. Watch this. Two positions, first player in NFL history to make Pro Bowl. Okay, okay, Zach. You know what I'm saying? So, when the ballots came out, he just threw it with the one of the teammates. Listen to this story. When the ballots came out and they found out that I was I was, I was, was the first player in NFL history to get elected to start the Pro Bowl for two positions, my starting quarterback tells um, Michael Vick, Sean McQueen is such an instigator. Like that, everyone just goes hang basket. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the line of he was one of the cheapest rich motherfuckers I ever met in my life. Hey, you know what? Just Fair more, enough. just more knocks on number five. Tough. You hate to see it. Tough scene. Uh, that's the stuff I love, though, from Deshaun Jackson. Like, he's a guy that, like, he was very, like, out there when he was in his career, but now he's telling these stories on, on shows and stuff, and that's what I love about when players are, like, retiring or near retirement, and they're just, like, letting it all sling. <laughs> and the fact that LaShawn McCoy was there, too. Well, LaShawn, he's such an instigator. <laughs> Watch this story. <laughs> <laughs> And he made you pay, pay to get in the party, too. <laughs> He's such an instigator. Uh, although Survivor Season 42 has come to an end, we got to wait for the fall for Season 43. Some past castaways, Matt, are competing on the challenge this season, um, which I don't think I've ever watched the challenge. Is this uh, like MTV's The Challenge? Yeah, which will now be on uh, Paramount. Wednesdays, July 6th on CBS. Um, but to check it out the so, challenge was like when i was younger all the time plugged in because it used to be real world road rules the challenge yeah because they had it was kind of like survivor in a way but like mm -hmm. all stars because they would pick like the most interesting people from real world and road rules and have them go on the challenge which was similar to survivor if anyone's never seen the show um, and it changed like season to season. They did different things. Sometimes it was purely individual game. Uh, sometimes you'd have a teammate, like one season they would do, you know, cause over the course of time, people would obviously build up some rivalries and stuff and you were matched up with like someone that you'd had beef with in a previous season. Um, and what was cool about that too, is you, everyone would get together and vote, mm -hmm. but you got voted. You didn't get voted off. You had to vote and compete in like on a final challenge and like, earn your spot to stay in uh, which was pretty cool um it was a good show it it doesn't have maybe all that survivor does uh, they get to stay in like a cool dope house like it's real yeah. world usually and have tons of food you know there's no like starvation element um there's definitely a little bit more of like the reality tv show stuff um but as far as like the challenges and stuff go they were not afraid to let it get physical either um a lot of times because it will be people from the show the villa uh 
The Amazing Race, Survivor, and Big Brother. Okay, so they're like now they're like just blending all of the yeah. uh, all the shows. So together. from our our sector of the reality TV scape, Shan. Okay. Danny. Okay. Uh, we've got Sarah. Tyson. Oh no, I'm watching. <laughs> now I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, we've got Tasha. Um, Dominic, who I don't remember. He was on Wendell's season. He okay. was the one that almost won with Wendell. They were both like very, like neck and neck, very, very good together. They were like in an alliance. Uh, Desi from season thirty-five. Vaguely remember. Uh, Ben. Okay. Wow. And that is our Survivor crew. Wow, that's fascinating. I feel as like soon as I saw Tyson, I heard and ben. nothing about this until yeah, I saw it to, like they announced it like today that these were going to be on uh, this season, July sixth. So maybe we'll be talking about the challenge uh, this summer. But as soon as I saw Tyson and Ben, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm trying to see who the host is. It's called the it. Challenge USA. Um, because who was it? Yeah, it's still TJ Lavin, isn't it? And I, man, he was awesome. He's such an awesome host. He's so good. It was crazy too. Yeah, since like yep, two thousand five. He's he's like Jeff Probst in it. Yeah, yeah. His first one was Real World Road Rules Challenge, The Gauntlet Two, and then Fresh Meat. God, they had some rough ones. <laughs> they had some rough ones. One of the cha- one of the final challenges they did, I'll never forget this. It was one of the most insane ones I've ever seen. Because the final, like, you get to, like, the final three usually. Mm-hmm. And, like, the big thing, too, as the season's gone on is they would, like, take them to, like, Europe or something or, like, South America. Like, they'd do something crazy. They'd go to, like, some awesome location, but they would have these, like, grueling challenges. There's one, they had to, um, like, canoe down a river, like, f- an insane amount of miles. Yeah. Like, just an insane amount. And then hike up a mountain. Then they would get, they got to this, like, this like cabin where they had like a feast my you haven't eaten like at all they've been like (laughs) but you you had to eat every single piece of food that was like between you and your partner had to eat every single piece of food that was on the table so you're obviously like now you're like just sick from throwing up then you have to hike all the way up the mountain then you you both slept overnight one person had to stay standing on this rock and then they, while the other person slept, if the person standing on the rock stepped off the rock at any point, they had to go wake the other person up. The other person had to go stay on the rock so they could sleep. Jesus. Um, and then the next, so they, the next, the challenge is still going. Yeah. <laughs> the next day they all get woken up at the same time. They all get like to the top of the mountain and they have like these, um, these alarm systems, these like uh, these radio systems that they use, I guess, in like cases of avalanche to like locate people. And they had buried these alarm systems in these like rocks that they had to like crawl around and try and like locate these boxes and then get to the top and like unlock a puzzle or something. Like the, just the craziest shit. I mean, like just the most insane stuff. That that challenge always stuck out to me. It's like that's the craziest that's thing. Nuts. That's like that's just beyond. And these are like, again, it's like Survivor. Like pretty like no- they're like younger. They're, right. They're, the crowd is normally younger, so they're normally in good shape and stuff. But it's like that's <laughs> that's Navy SEALs training. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I I saw Tyson and I said, all right, love Tyson. He's coming out of one of my one of my favorite to, survivors ever to come play the challenge. Um, 
pretty solid crew. I mean, it's a, a, a nice crew. little mix of, you know, some OGs. Like, Tyson's been on, you know, a bunch of, like, all-star seasons. He was on season 40. And, um, and then you got some new people as well. I'm intrigued. Plus, I, I really love Ben. I think Ben's one of the better. Ben's good TV, too. Uh, survivors that we've had. I think everyone that they've brought back is is good, you know, like. Yeah, and I think. How the challenge is TJ Lavin became Drake's favorite reality TV host. How Drake has become a mainstay this week on he's, all of our shows. He's the kingmaker on. Uh, on Drake was brought up, ironically, on Top Ends <laughs> last night, on Get in the Hole this week, and now on this show. <laughs> <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. They had All-Stars last season? I'm going to have to watch that because one of the competitors they have in this was Wes, who was in the challenge that I just described. Okay. And it's crazy. They had all these. I'm going to get too into the lore of the challenge as I remember it because I also watched it younger, so I don't yeah. know how well I actually remember it. But it was Wes, CT, and Johnny Bananas who were like the three. I know Johnny. Yeah, and he's Johnny Bananas has become like one of the absolute faces uh, from it. Um, you know what's crazy? Mike the Miz was originally he was a real world guy. Okay. And then was on the challenge. Got like he was like a popular character, and then is now like a WWE WD professional wrestler. Like, and Insane. he like the Miz started <laughs> on like this. Like this is where he, he came nuts. from. Um, there's another. There's a uh, there's a comedian who started, and I remember him from the challenge as well. Ah, oh, God. I can't remember his name. It's bugging the hell out of me. Um, Theo. Theo, Theo Vaughn uh, was also in the challenge. I remember him. There's a guy one season. I think his name was Evan. He was competing while he had a hernia. Jesus. Like, you could see it while he was competing. You could see the lump. Oh. <laughs> Which, again, is your intestines breaking through yeah. <laughs> into your stomach wall. <laughs> God. And they made him. He was still winning challenges too. That's like he was nuts. still dumb. And then like he eventually like just couldn't physically cope anymore with the pain. They're like, yeah, you gotta go. Sorry. So just when they thought we could stop covering Survivor for the summer, uh, they give us some of our favorite castaways to watch in the Challenge USA, which I guess is just CBS bringing it to the the main channel from MTV. Um, because I don't know if the Challenge has ever been on. CBS itself. But. It was it was an MTV show yeah. because it was all I remember like, it being MTV. It was like uh, both of the Road Rules was like a really cool. I don't know whatever happened to it. Um, that was a cooler thing to me than Real World because like they were traveling around in this RV and had to like do all these little things along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was a more interesting idea to me than uh, than Real World personally, but I could see the appeal of both. Had a long run, it did. Yeah, ninety five to two thousand seven. Like, that's, I don't know. I think that's good TV. 
get start throwing people in RVs again. Why don't we do that? Yeah, why not? That's like a, that's like a thing now anyway. Where it's like a bunch of young people are like just getting sprinter vans and travel the country. Just do it again. Just get a sprinter van. Yeah. Get two. Make it like amazing race weird. There you go. There's your idea. You're welcome. You're welcome, Paramount. <laughs> Easy. Uh, so maybe we'll be watching uh the Challenge USA to support some of our favorite survivors and talking about it on the show this summer. Um, and I mean, if TJ wants to come on the show, love to talk. With love TJ. to have TJ Lavin. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the socials though at Underground PHI on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL three one one. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've, Matt probably saw it when he walked into the studio. We've got the uh, the Underground Bino League uh, getting set up and starting to bring that to the YouTube channel. Shout out to Bino. Uh, use our code BINOUSP for 10% off at BINOBoard.com. Um, the YouTube channel is going to have a ton of fun content this summer, as well as full video episodes of all your favorite underground sports, Philadelphia shows. So go to, uh, YouTube search underground sports, Philadelphia, subscribe, hit the like button, click the bell icon and all that good stuff. So you don't miss a single video we put out big. Thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main auto LLC, Ducharms pro foot security, 21 security systems, Paul J. Gillespie incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, Tom Shades, Kenwood Beer, Bino Board, and Pickup. All their information is linked in the podcast notes and the YouTube video description. Use our codes to help support our sponsors and support us. And uh, that's all we got for you guys tonight. And, of course, you can watch every Wednesday night show live on twitch.tv slash PHI. So hit the, uh, the like button over there as well. But this has been episode number 436 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, we're getting the heck out of here. Peace.